Did it mean she was in love? How did a woman who'd had no experience with the word know? This is Skylar Esna, and welcome back to Stories Retold. Welcome back to Stories Retold. It's your girl, Skylar Esna, and this is a very special episode because we... All of us are celebrating our six-month anniversary of Stories Retold Podcast. Woohoo! Now, for this very, very special episode, we are going to do something a little different. Instead of just giving you what I call a teaser of the book, we are talking about the entire book today. What? Yes, the whole book. And today we have a very special book that I am very excited to dive into. It is Rebel by Beverly Jenkins, and it is a romance novel. Now, before I get too far in it, I'm going to go ahead and give us our summary provided to us today by beverlyjenkins.net. Belinda Lacey's mission in the steamy heart of New Orleans is to help the newly emancipated community thrive and flourish. But soon, she discovers that here, freedom can also mean danger. When thugs destroy the school she has set up and then target her, Belinda runs for her life and straight into the arms of Captain Drake Levesque. As an architect from an old New Orleans family, Drake has a personal interest in rebuilding the city. Raised by strong women, he recognizes Belinda's determination and he can't stop admiring or wanting her. But when Belinda's father demands she return home to marry a man she doesn't love, her daring rebellion draws Drake into an irresistible intrigue. Now, I'm gonna give you guys a personal little note while we've never done a romance novel on this channel, on this show before. And while I'm doing that, go get your popcorn, go get your snacks, go get your drink, your tea, whatever you do, go get it. Because like I said, we are doing the entire book. I don't know how long this episode's gonna be, but we're going through the whole book. So go ahead and get your snacks now. And I'm gonna tell y'all why this has never happened before, why we've never had a romance book before. So to me, I thought, romance was very lovey-dovey and I was like eh, I'm not really a fan of all the lovey-dovey stuff and rom-com and romance stuff is so predictable because you know they're going to get together in the end like psh, come on throw me something new I want to be thrown I want to be caught off guard unexpected stuff you know and huh, baby when I tell you this book right huh I was thrown. I was thrown. And uh, it was a good throne. It was a very good throne. I'm I'm laughing. I'm fanning myself. I, I couldn't put this book down. I read it in like a day. And it's got to be a really good book for me reading today. I think it's about 300 pages. So it's not too bad. But the fact that I read it so quickly and everywhere I was going, when I didn't have this book in my hand, I'm thinking about the book. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I don't know. But it it's really, really good. And it's set in the Reconstruction era 
of America, which I am, I, I was very hesitant on because a lot of, uh, of race, like, uh, issues and turmoil. And, uh, you know, when I'm reading a, a good book, I don't want to think about all the hardships and how then is a lot like now and we still have the racial tensions, but I learned so much about the reconstruction era and we're, we're going to get into it. I'm not going to tell you all right now, but it was very, very good. And uh, Miss Beverly Jenkins, she put a lot of historical context in the book because in the back of the book, she gives credit to where she gets her research. And as a researcher myself, I was like, okay, I, could, I love you. I can work with you. I like this. We can work together. So, so yeah. Uh, and the, how I chose this book was very different than before. Um, usually I pick a book with a theme, you know, like, oh, this month is this. But this time I went to the library and I got about six books and I read the first chapter of each. Cause that's what I was told when I was a kid, read the first chapter and see if you like it. And I was like, why not just bring that back for today? So I was reading the book. This was the second book I read, the second book that I read the first chapter of and I was on book four and I could not stop thinking about book two. I said, you know what? Stop the presses. We're going back to book two. I'm just going to read that. And I'm so glad I did. It was good to see some black love, you know, it was real good to see some black love. And, um, I was also so enthralled because in the first chapter we didn't learn about, we didn't know that Belinda was going to be attacked. We didn't know about Captain Drake Levesque. I will get into him. I promise you I will. But I was just introduced to a smart, educated woman who was doing something as dangerous as teaching people in New Orleans in 1867 how to read and write and all the wonderful things you learn in school. And this wonderful teacher, her name is Miss Belinda Lacey. Now, she has been called Val a couple times in the book, but I'll... I like the name Valinda. I think Valinda's a beautiful name. So I hope you have your snacks. If not, you can go ahead and pause it because I'm going to be right here because here I am. All right, and we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So Valinda is a teacher from New York that was sent down by the church. I think it was uh, it was a, a Catholic church because they talked a lot about nuns. Um, and she was sent down to teach Formerly enslaved people had to read and write because that's very crucial. And, you know, in American slavery, you aren't, black people were not allowed to read and write because, you know, you're reading and writing, you can pass all messages and things. They didn't like it. So now people are learning how to read and write. So she is so strong and determined. I love her. So one day her school is trashed and she's like, oh my gosh, what happened to my school? She turns around and sees these former soldiers and they tried to have their way with her. And she's like, oh, no, ma'am. She runs. And well, first she like takes this burning stick and shoves it in this guy's throat. He didn't like, you know, she didn't impale him, but she left a pretty nice scar. And so she's running and running. And then they like one of the guys like trap her on the ground. And she's like, oh, my God, this is it. Pow! Gunshot. And then we see Captain Drake Levesque and... Sable Levesque. Sable Levesque is Drake's sister-in-law. So they're both, he, they're all, they were on their way back into town and they saw all this. So they're going to go ahead and help Valinda. 
Now, one of the soldiers tried to lie on Valinda and say that she was um, she was his wife and he was teaching her a lesson because she was messing with another man. So Drake turns to her and he's like, is this true? And she's like, no. Drake says, okay, punched the guy right in the face, broke his nose. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I was cackling. So Sable and Drake take her to where she's staying and Drake can't stop thinking about her. He can't stop looking at her. He's like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. I wonder if she's single. Da 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 da. -da. And he's like, if you need anything, if you ever need anything, my brother owns this hotel in town. Um, go there and they'll help you. You can stay there and whatever you need. She said, okay, but I'm staying right here with these nice ladies, these two sisters. And she's like, I'll be fine. So Val was staying with these sisters. One, they were white. One was nice. One was very nice to her. The other one was very mean. So Val comes back from this very long day. You know, she was attacked. Her school got burned down. She doesn't know what to do anymore. She's still waiting on her money. Ain't nobody paid her yet. So she can't pay these sisters. She walks in the house and she finds out that the nice sister has died. And she says, oh no. The means is like, yeah, it's sad. Now you can get out because I really don't want you here. So now she's homeless. She homeless, been attacked, school gone, ain't no money. What is she going to do? She pulls out the paper that Drake gave her and she goes to this hotel that uh, well she has to find it because you know she's still new to the city she's from new york she goes trying to find it so she runs to this fortune teller the fortune teller lady tells um she asks her for directions she's like can you help me find this hotel she hands her the piece of paper the fortune teller reads her palm and she tells her you will lose a love reject a love and find a love belinda said that's great but um this hotel though <laughs> fortune teller said it's cross street so at first, this man at the door, like she, she walks in the hotel and then like, oh, we're about to close and we have a private party, so you can't come in. She's like, no, I'm looking for Captain Drake Levesque. And he's like, you can't talk to him. He's in a family party. Like, no. So she, ha, strong woman she is. She starts screaming, Captain Levesque, Captain Levesque, louder and louder. And then here comes Drake around the corner. And now the whole family's looking at her like, this girl's yelling. So Drake's mama comes out. Her name is Juliana. Juliana's like, she's going to eat with us. Family's like, yes. So the family loves a strong woman. They love a strong woman. So, yes. So Valinda comes in. Everyone loves Valinda. So Drake's younger, younger brothers, they said, I like her. If you don't claim her in a week, I will. And Bo, one of the younger brothers, is trying to move in on her. And I'm like, how savage is your family? Like, she obviously came here for you, calling your name. You Captain Levesque. But your little brothers was like, hey, let me slide in here. Let's see what it do, what it do. I was about through. And Ray... Drake's older brother, he was like, you're going to marry this one. Like, this is your one. Drake's like, nah, I'm perfectly okay with Josephine, my mistress. Pause. I said, excuse me? This was not what I wanted to hear. What you mean you got a mistress? Who told you you had permission to get a mistress? You know? But on another note, take a pause here for a second. I don't know. I don't like it. I understand it. I don't like that it's okay. Back then, it was okay back then for men 
to have these side pieces, but God forbid a woman does. Not saying anybody needs a side piece, but if you have a side piece, get your side piece on, you know, do you. It's mentioned in the book, like, oh, it's not fair that men can, you know, know all about sex and be knowledgeable and stuff and we're supposed to be ignorant to it. Because I'm like, if all women are ignorant to sex, where are these mistresses coming from? But I digress. Like, I get I get the purity, you know, oh, I got to know that the air is mine. Like, I, I get it. But that don't mean you can just go fertilizing everything, you know? Like, don't do it. Just my personal, my personal pet peeve. But we shall continue. So it's at this party, this family gathering, that's revealed that Belinda is actually engaged. And Drake is like, man. Dang, I really thought she was cute or whatever. But it's all right. He can't, like, show how heartbroken he is. He has met this girl. He can't be in love that quick. And I respect that because this ain't no Disney movie. No shade to Disney because I am a Disney fanatic. I stand for Disney. But in the words of Elsa, you can't marry him. You just met him. So, since Belinda got kicked out, Juliana said that Belinda can stay with her. Because, you know, Juliana's like, mm mm-hmm, that's going to be my daughter-in-law. I see that. She's going to be my daughter-in-law. I'm going to take her. She can stay with me. So they go to Juliana's house, which is like the childhood home of everybody, you know. And side note, so it said that, you know, Val, Belinda had a very long day. I think we can admit she had a very long and traumatic day. So she fell asleep in the carriage. And reading how Drake was carrying her, her little body in his big arms. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Speaking of Drake and his big arms, the way that he is being described kills me in a good way. It kills me in a good way. So the next morning, he stayed the night because he had to work on his mama's greenhouse. So Belinda said that he was Herculean built. Okay. And this quote is beautiful. She says, well, it says, because it's all written in third person. It says, um, the men she knew back home were fine, upstanding examples of their gender, but none as riveting as Drake Levick. I nearly died. <laughs> okay. So Belinda sees this Southern man born and bred on collard greens and cornbread who eats like it's going out of style. Like y'all, his plates are ridiculous, but I can't, I'm not too shocked because it looks like my cousin's plates because I know like their plates are piled high with food with a bowl on the side with something extra. Like I know. So it's not new to me, but just wow, still, you know, um, so he got a French accent calling her Sherry all the time. That's that's a little nickname for her. It's so cute. He prays over his food. And this girl over here about to lose her sanity. Like, girl, don't lose your mind yet. Not to mention he and his family are not broke. They got that generational wealth going on. Who be still, be still my beating heart. Mm. So, um, but Drake mentions that he and his family are descended from pirates, but they were raised in the Catholic faith. So I think of like a Will Turner type character, equal parts gentleman and equal parts pirate. And you're going to hear that pirate a lot. Like if you, re- when you read the book, cause I'm going to assume you're going to read this book cause it's amazing. When you read this book, uh, they're going to talk about the pirateness of them all the time. I think it's so cute. <laughs> I love it. But Drake is also, he helps out in the community, like it says in the um, 
on the um, summary that he's really big on building back up his community and he's an architect so he hires other people to work for him like he builds he's building his house in the book he builds barns for people like whatever people need built he does you know he helps his mom he builds his mom's stuff up it's 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 wonderful and i'm telling i'm just telling you all this to say this man i don't know about northern northern women i'm not from the north i ain't never lived up north but all i know is this man was written perfectly for the southern lady and every line about this man is gonna make you fall deeper and deeper in love with him if you are a southern girl like myself he is a dream okay and now valinda Valinda is from a straight-laced, proper family that, like, arranges loveless marriages. And it said loveless marriages. Like, we don't marry for love. We marry because, yeah, you know, you marry for you're for money. You marry for status. You know, you don't marry because you're in love with someone because your parents are not in love. You want a nice husband, but what is this love thing? I don't get it. And there are very clear gender roles. Like, men are the head. Women have no opinions. Women don't need a deep education because that'll give them too many thoughts. And I'm just like, all righty. Now, her intended, because I mentioned before she's engaged. Her they call her they call it an intended. I think that's cute. Her intended is also her good friend Coleman Bennett, and he's very supportive of, of her starting a school charter chartering <laughs> charting. Come on, charting her own life. And her father, you know, obviously is not. So, so yeah, that's, that's a good thing of marrying him. Because her father calls her a hellion, which is a rowdy, mischievous, or troublemaking person. Because when she was a kid, she climbed trees, she played baseball, she shot marbles, and got in trouble for demanding to be taught science. I was shocked. I said, they wouldn't let you know science? different time different time but i digress she is opinionated educated independent and it scared men away but ha 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 not drake because he got a mama like juliana and it goes back like they talk about their family lineage and they got some strong women in their family it's a thing okay and valena admired juliana because she's a businesswoman she like has interest in real estate and shipping and banking she is loved fiercely by her husband. Like her husband is madly in love with her and she is madly in love with her husband. It's it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And I think we should all admire a Juliana. She's a true boss and a queen. But Valinda never knew or imagined herself being loved. So it was a really interesting dynamic seeing Drake and Valinda coming together. Yeah. So one of my favorite moments is when Valinda is eating that good Southern food. If, you, if you've if you been anywhere in the South, you know, get them good yams. Ooh, I miss yams. That macaroni and cheese. I don't know if they had macaroni and cheese back then. But you know, that good Southern food, that fried chicken. The, and of course, we in New Orleans, so we cannot forget about the gumbo. Y'all, they kept making gumbo. I was like, ooh. I need to make me some gumbo. I miss it. I miss it. So she got all that good food, that Southern food, that New Orleans food. I was waiting for the beignets to pop out. They didn't pop out, but you know, she had that good, good food, right? And she, a food moan creeps out. 
Y'all know what a food moan is. You know, like the, mmm, this is good, you know? So when it creeps out, she's all meek and stuff. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Drake, oh, slick behind. He's like, there isn't a man alive who doesn't enjoy hearing a woman's pleasure. I'm like, sir, we are at the dinner table. Mind your manners. And then he go on to say, if you weren't intended, I'd court you. And Belinda's like, I don't think I should be alone with him. Yeah, you doggone right, sis. He's trouble in all caps. You don't need this in your life, no man. So as I mentioned earlier, Drake has a mistress, Josephine, or Josie. He calls her Josie. So one night he goes to see her and cancel their outing because Juliana planned a dinner. Because Juliana loves, she'll celebrate anything. I love her. I love it. I love it. Celebrate everything and anything, girl. So she goes, he goes to her house to cancel. And also because he really just can't stop thinking about Belinda. So he finds out that Josie is moving to Mexico with another lover. Now he's not tripping because he knows what it is and what it ain't. You know, a she's she's a businesswoman. He said it. She's a businesswoman, but you know he is his ego hit a little bit because he is a man still. You know, say dang, you gonna meet for somebody else for real, for real. Ah, all right. So she asks him if he wants one more night, and he's like, Nah, I'm good. So Josie said, oh, you found someone else. Drake's like, no, it's not like that. It's not like that. Josie said, whatever, whatever, be happy. Now, Valinda and Drake are starting to get to know each other a little better. And Valinda gets word that Cole was back in America because he left to go uh, get an investor for his newspaper business. And Cole is now on his way to New Orleans and he'll be there in about three to four days. So if she wants to convince Cole to stay in New Orleans because she is in love with the city and she found a teaching opportunity um, for Sable's orphanage because Sable has an orphanage that she runs and she's friends and she made friends with Juliana and Sable. She doesn't want to leave that. You know, that's her friends. You don't want to leave your girls. And, you know, having a friend like Drake around ain't really bad neither. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well... Well, um, so Drake and Belinda have what I call their special spot. This this little area that's just, it just holds all these memories that they share together. And it's the gazebo in his mom's backyard because this is where um, they first had that little, the whole, if you're not dating, if you weren't intended, I court you. That whole little conversation, all that happened right there in the gazebo. Now, this is also where um, Valinda tells Drake that Cole's coming back and she's going to try to give him him to stay. So she asked Drake to be nice. I said, good luck with that because <laughs> he not. And she also told Drake that she saw Sable and Ray, Ray being Drake's favorite brother, kissing and being all lovey-dovey and stuff. And she drops the fact that she was never kissed. Now, sis, why would you tell this man who has been so forward with you, admit it that if you were single, he'd be after you? Why would you tell him while y'all are alone in a gazebo, y'all special spot that's only lit by candlelight because it's nighttime? Why would you tell him you've never been kissed right now? Because you know what's going to happen. 
yeah, he took a little sweet time kissing all down her face and then he kissed her. And you know what happened next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Linda, our little hellion, grabbed that bearded chin and said, come here, boy, and planted one right back on him, okay? I gotta clap it up for you. Woman to woman, I gotta clap it up for you because that's what you're supposed to do. Like any boss, you grab that face and you plant one on him. So I'm proud of you for that. But Drake stopped it because he know where this could go. And Belinda is not going there. So Belinda thanks him for the kiss and helping her not be so quote-unquote ignorant anymore. But now Drake, Drake is upset now because he didn't got a, a little taste, a little, a little morsel. And he's like, I can't have her. So he tries to get her out of his mind. Of course, that does not work. So Ray comes by. Now, I don't think I described Ray too much, but let me go ahead and just do that real quick. Ray is Sable's husband. So that's why, you know, they kiss and everything. They together, they have children. They're a wonderful couple. They have a beautiful love story, which I won't get into here. You're going to have to read the book for that one. But so Ray comes by Drake's house because Drake is building his house, as we've said. And he wants... He he's trying to tell he's trying to tell Ray like Ray I gotta stop th- I gotta stop wanting her I can't have her and her intended is due any day like I I can't do this so Ray acts so if she leaves then what Drake's like ride north and steal her back and they just smile at each other I was like oh y'all just such pirates oh my gosh I love it I love it and Belinda is obviously missing Drake too. But she is um, spending a lot of time with Sable and they are volunteering and Valinda is starting to see all the atrocities that is happening to the people in New Orleans, black and white, doesn't matter. So they're asking for help and no one's coming to help them. The state's broke and the government didn't send anything but pennies really. So Valinda is starting to find her purpose and it is so, for me personally, it's so beautiful when I see people starting to find their purpose because it's like puzzle pieces are starting to come together and it just does my heart good. So I'm seeing Valinda learn about how she can help in times of turmoil and that's really a lesson for all of us because there's always going to be turmoil. Something is always going to happen. There's so much injustice. We could be in work for decades just helping out so yeah that that's that's a bit that's a little side note about you know helping and taking care of others but yes but something i learned new about um what happened in slavery was that slave parents would sometimes disfigure their children one way or another to find them if they were sold, like cutting a piece of earlobe or a fingertip. Now, I don't know how true this is because it was in the book and she said she did research, but I don't know about this part because I never heard it myself. But in my mind, I want this to be so true because I think this is very cool and innovative, especially if they did it if they were a baby. Because, you know, if you, like, pierce a baby's ears, the baby's going to be hurt for a little bit, but they'll be okay. So, I just hope, I kind of hope it's true. Personally, I just kind of hope it's true. Um, So, when Drake and Valinda finally see each other, it's kind of awkward. Because, you know, they just kiss, but they can't be together. You know, they're kind of, I want to, but I can't, so I don't even know what to say to you. Kind of awkward. Yeah. And then, uh, Juliana 
says, hey, me and my husband, Henry, we're leaving to Baton Rouge for a little bit to go look at a property. Um, Drake, you watch the house, look after Valinda and little Reba. Little Reba is the housekeeper. So Juliana and Henry leave. So then it was three. Little Reba gets a message that her sister got hurt. So she has to go wherever her sister at and go check on her sister. So then it was just Drake and Belinda. And you know what happens when it's just one and two. Shenanigans will occur. Okay? So Belinda starts to think, hmm, well, since I won't have any more passion in my life, why not just one more night? And I am just so like, okay, okay. The the responsible me is like, girl, don't do that. You're intended. That's not right. But the reckless in me is like, yes, sis, go for it. So I'm I'm conflicted. But Drake, Drake is like, I can't do this. She is intended. I got to stay away from her. She's not mine. So Belinda, huh? <laughs> Belinda ends up asking him for um for tutoring in the passionate arts with certain limitations, of course, because you know there are limits. And um, so she just she asks this so she won't be so ignorant anymore. And I don't know whether I want to slap her or high five her. I don't know. You know what? I'm thinking uh Drake's pirating is becoming a little contagious on her and of course, Drake is a gentleman, so he obliged. Now, I don't know. I'm not going to go into details because I don't know how young my audience is. And I want to take the time since I'm talking about my audience. I want to give a shout out to all of my listeners, all of you, whether you are in America or not in America. What did I just say? I just said that. We are international, baby. We are an international family. What, what? We are in eight different countries, including America. So that I know so far. There might be some that I don't even know of yet. But according to my analytics, we are in eight countries. So shout out to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening, even just to one episode. Just thank you guys so much. And I hope you guys stay a part of the family and we become bigger and stronger. So yay. But I am still not going to talk about uh, what the tutoring session was like. Um, It was somewhere between PG and rated R. And I don't know, uh, you know, I don't want to get in trouble with nobody for saying something I shouldn't on here. I want to keep it family friendly. But what I am going to say, the best way to describe what happened was to use this quote. uh, He tutored she learned. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so, uh, yeah, go read the book. Uh, so the next morning, Drake, um, and Valinda are asleep. Valinda is sitting on his lap and Drake is holding her. And Archer, Drake's brother, caught them looking <laughs> comfortable and announced that Cole the 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 boyfriend and Lenny his business partner were downstairs so Valinda is obviously like oh my gosh I gotta go get myself together Drake was like this was not how I planned on spending my morning (laughs) so cute so you know they get downstairs Drake is shooting daggers at at um Lenny at Cole because obviously you know he don't like the man like you gonna take away the woman I love how dare you 
So Drake and Archer leave the room. Archer's like, you cannot have her. Drake's like, duh, I know. Like, don't start this. And Valinda, Cole, and Lenny start talking. So they tell her that they did not find their investor in uh, France or Paris, wherever, Paris. But they did find someone who was about to sell their company in California. So we're all going to move to California. This, uh, this was not what Valinda wanted to hear. And, um, this is where I kind of get thrown because I, cause Cole said, if you decide not to join us, I'll be sad about not having you bossing me around, but I'll understand. Now to me, that is an interesting response from an intended. And it turns out Cole is attracted to men. So this is a cover-up marriage. I said, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Miss Jenkins. Miss Jenkins. You tell me all this now. You tell me all this. So apparently, Belinda was marrying Cole to get free from her father and live the life she wanted. And Cole was marrying Belinda as a cover-up so she can, so he can go ahead and be with his lover, Lenny. What? Oh my gosh. So, mm, wow. But of course, Belinda knows all this. And like the three of them are in on this. They're fully aware of this and they're all agreeing. But it makes so much more sense now why she's like, I'll never know love. I'll never know passion. Because if she marries Cole, she probably not going to have no kind of relations with Cole because he's going to be having relations with Lenny. And I mean, it's Drake. Like the way they described it, like why wouldn't you want, if you had one chance at a taste of passion, why not get Drake, you know? So that was a wrench in the story. I was just not ready. But now a decision has to be made. If Valinda goes to marry Cole, she has to move to California, never see Drake again, and, um, you know, go live that loveless but civil marriage. Now I know what you're thinking, because I thought it too, but Drake is not going to be okay with being a side piece. I just want to let that be known. Because I thought about it. I was like, oh, well, what if like, uh, you know, they get married, Cole has his side piece, and Belinda has hers. Drake is not that kind of man. He's like, I want all of you. And I was like, okay, I understand that. I get it. I get it. So, you know, that wouldn't work. Or Belinda could stay in New Orleans, but her dad will be coming guns blazing because she's not married. And and yeah, so that, that's a choice she has to make. So... Valinda, so, um, who is it? Archer leaves. Archer takes Lenny back to the hotel because Lenny's tired. So Valinda and Cole talk for a little bit. And then, uh, Valinda asks Drake, can you take him back to the hotel? Drake's like, you gotta eat breakfast first. Look at him being so caring. Aww. Valinda said, okay. So she goes and Cole and Drake talk. So Cole asks, how long have you been in love with her? He didn't even ask me the question, but my jaw dropped, okay? And after some conversation, Drake find out he he likes Cole. Cole. Cole's a good dude, you know? Maybe it's because they're both war vets, or maybe because Cole knows that Valinda's going to stay in New Orleans, even if Valinda is not clearly aware of that herself. And he just wants Drake to protect her, even if they don't get married. Just protect her, you know? Because they're, they're, they're still really good friends. So, you know, yeah, so... All of this makes Drake like Cole. And then Drake has a surprise for Valinda on his property. They get there and it's two wooden cars, like train cars. 
And then Drake tells her that he's going to turn these into a school for her. And he tells her how he's going to build benches. He's going to build a desk. He looks at her and he says, why are you crying? I'm just like, you big headed lump. You have given her everything that she's wanted. You given her passion. Well, she didn't know she wanted passion, but you gave her passion. And now she has a place to have her school because the first one got burned down and tore up. So, bruh. And that, that seals the deal. That seals the deal. She's staying in New Orleans. So she tells Cole and Lenny and they go off to California and she writes a letter to her daddy. Now, Belinda tells her dad that the engagement is off. He sends a message. He says, come back to New York right now. She said, uh, no. So dad's on the way down to New Orleans. So Belinda's like, I have to have a husband by the time he gets here. He's going to drag me back. But who on earth is going to be my husband. Hmm. But for real, on a serious note, she's still not sure if she even wants to get married because she's seen such bad examples in her life and she's not even sure if she loves Drake because she doesn't know what love is. And what if she gets married and Drake switches up on her? We don't know. You know, this is the first guy that she's seen outside of her New York circle and she's never seen any kind of love or relationship like this before, you know? But regardless, she asks Drake to marry him. Well, she asks Drake to marry her, but only until her father leaves. And Drake is like, um, if I marry you, I want to stay married to you. And Valinda's still unsure about this, but Drake agrees to the temporary marriage. And we see Drake become so heartbroken, you know, for good reason. Then he goes to Ray and tells him everything and how upset he is. And Ray tells him that Sable told her... Ray told him, this is what he said, she said, Ray told Drake that Sable told Ray that Belinda is in love with Drake or she thinks she's in love with Drake. She's like on the process, on the road to love and Drake has to find a way to make it permanent or they're going to kick him out the family. Not for real, for real, like, you know, brotherly banter, but still this girl is already on the road to being in love with you. Just make it permanent, you know? Um, so a few days go by and they're planning the wedding because it has to be a wedding because Juliana's like, I need a chance to show off to like my haters, which I fully, fully understand. And I, I agree with absolutely. So a few days go by and Drake is absolutely, well, he tries to be a gentleman, but he's so hurt. He's like, Hey, you will take you shopping and do everything. They both hate shopping, but it was a very cute shopping trip. Uh, he put her on all of his um, bank accounts, all that stuff. And she's like, you don't have to do all this for me. I got it. And it's just, it's cute to see how he loves her independence. And he still finds ways to like still, still make her feel safe and secure. And I just love it so much, so much. Admire her independence. Love her independence. So a few days go by and Valinda's like, you know what? I want to, when we get married, I want to stay married to you if you'll still have me. Drake lets out a roar, you know? And I'm just like, I could just hear it, just tree shaking roar. It's like, yeah, yeah, woo. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, and of course, girl, you know he's going to stay married to you. Like, what kind of stuff is that? Girl, yes. So their wedding was in the gazebo. Ah. And then the day after the wedding, not only did her daddy arrive, he came with the mom, her sister Caroline, who was in all black. We'll get there. 
and the a preacher that uh, she was supposed to marry. And because like now Valinda's confused because last time she saw this preacher, he had a wife. The wife died. And now here he is about to marry Valinda. Valinda's like, uh, no, thank you. And uh, Drake is so perfect in this moment. I'm not going to, this is the moment you just have to read. So I'm not even going to tell you what happens there. But long story short, Caroline's husband died and she got everything. So she plans to move far away, which breaks her mom's house. She's like, no, you can't leave us. And she's like, um, yes, I'm going. You guys are horrible. Yeah, I'm leaving. So dad owed money to the preacher and tried to force Valinda to marry him to absolve his debts. But good luck getting past Captain Drake Levesque. Okay, so the preacher leaves. Caroline was offered by Drake and Valinda to stay with them until she figured out where she was going and everything. And she did. And eventually she moved up to California. And they offered their mom, they offered mom to stay and she thought about it, but she was like, I can't leave your grandma because grandma Rose is like the queen of abolition and she is just Belinda's inspiration, you know, but mom chose to stay stay and, uh, and be with, uh, grandma Rose and she, I guess, you know, some people just can't leave and that's, that's okay. That's okay. And we're not going to get mad at that. And the best part, Valinda stayed a Levesque and she had a baby. Now, she wanted a little girl because she said the world does not need another male Levesque. But she had a roaring baby boy and that did my heart good. And that is the end of this story. Woo! That is long. That was long, but that was beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thanks for staying with me. Now, my favorite part. My favorite part is, uh, first of all, it's obviously Valinda and Drake's romance and how awesome Juliana is. And I love Sable. I love the strong women in this. I love the strong women in this. Um, and um, I also, my favorite like moment, I'll go a little narrower. My favorite moment of the story was when uh, the when Valinda tells Drake, what her mom says about um <clears throat> doing the devil's dance. We're going to say it like that. Like, so like that. She said her mom recites the alphabet until he's done. <laughs> Drake is on the floor. And he was like, I can't remember. Quote, it's like no man, no lover worth his salt should be like, he's not worth it. He He's not a good lover. So after, um their tutoring session drake asked valinda he said did you think of the alphabet she said not even one letter i said let's go sis <laughs> okay woo and of course drake levesque is probably my my now fictional crush absolutely like i i i love him i love him so much my least favorite part my least favorite part is Josephine's whole presence. Like, why? She barely made up two pages. We could have enjoyed the story just fine without her presence. I don't know why they throw why they throw through Josephine in and out the story like that. I guess I would have felt a little better if she was madly in love with Drake. And Jake was like, no, because I love Belinda or something like that. You know, I don't know. But just something that shows that he was desired by many, but he only wanted her because we saw that that was in there. 
you know, everyone's like, oh, everyone wants to marry a Levesque. You know, you want to be in the Levesque family. But, you know, we saw that. But come on. What, what was Josephine's point? I don't know. Maybe somebody can read it and explain to me later. And the moral of the story. There's a lot. So here we go. But moral of the story. Be a Hallian. Find your purpose and chase it. Love passionately and freely. Loyalty can go a long way and get you a man that's a pirate and a gentleman. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. But for real. All right. So what I learned about romance novels. Because like I said in the beginning, I was not a romance novel fan. Now I am going to be doing a lot more romance novel reading. And this is like the romance novels that are the little books, like the the little paperback books, like romance novels. And what I learned is, will they get together? Yeah, of course. But the real question is how? And that's where the fun is. That was that was big for me. And um, speaking on the, the romance genre, I need to apologize to the entire genre. Because I literally misjudged the book by its cover. And I based it on the stereotypes that it was cheesy and lame. And I was so wrong. And I'm so sorry. It had twists and it had turns. I was taken aback. I had a wild ride. So thank you, Miss Beverly Jenkins. This book was amazing. So this book is part of a series called Women Who Dare. But there's only one book out right now. And the next one is scheduled to drop February of 2021. Now. Are you, if you are as in love with the Levesque family as I am, because I am, um, there's a Levesque family series and I did not know this. So it goes back. It has three, um, books before this. It has Through the Storm, Winds of the Storm, Captured, and of course it has Rebel. Now my library did not have these books, but all four of them are in my Amazon cart. So I am very much ready. And that is the end of the episode, this very special, long, beautifully long episode of Stories We Told Podcast. Thank you guys so much for everything. Thank you so much for the six months. Um, It has really been a pleasure. Thank you guys for joining me on this journey, the journeys prior and the journeys to come. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, You make sure you follow us on our Instagram page at Stories We Told Podcast. Join us on our Facebook page, Stories We Told Podcast. And if you have anything you want to email, if you want to email me something special, who knows, um, go ahead and go to our email address. Well, email us at storieswetoldpodcast at gmail.com. What else? Um, On Anchor, if you want to leave a voice message just because, you can go ahead to anchor.com. something slash I think it's forward slash a story we told podcast or you can just go to the Instagram page I have it linked there go to the Facebook page I have it linked there if you want to leave a little gift if you just want to contribute to the the production here that is totally fine I thank you so much that is also on stories we told podcast on our anchor page and with that being said own your own story read to expand your mind and I will see you next time Au revoir, chérie. <laughs> Bye, y'all.